Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Alright, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Okay, this month we're starting a theological series. And um, this is it. That all be saved. That all be saved. God's desire and our role. God's desire and our role. So I'm going to build on this all through the teaching sessions this month. Our anchored verse is going to be taken from Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. We are going to read from verse 1 to 7. That all be saved, God's desire and our role. And I think it's very important that as we uh, get ourselves ready to get into a, a new year, we, we kind of find out what does God desire? What, what is God's plan? What is God's desire? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, first of all, first of all, then I urge that entreaties, entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving. Now, here, uh, I've said this before in our prayer class, I, I talk about it, but I've said it at times before that there are different kinds of prayers. There are different kinds of prayers. And uh, God helping us will take some time to study these things. Okay, different rules for different types of prayer. But here Paul is talking about prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of how many men? All men. I didn't hear that. How many men? All men. So all through this study, I want you to pay attention to that word all. That's very important. All. All is what? What's our definition of all in this church? Everything minus what? Minus nothing. So pray for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now, I'd like you to give, I'd, I'd like to give a perspective to this, probably to help us, because sometimes when we say pray for the president of this country, you know, people get upset. You know, they feel, oh, well, the president didn't get in with the right means, we shouldn't pray for him, he's a wicked man, you know, and people have all those kind of things they say. But the truth of the matter is, when Paul was writing uh, to Timothy, they were under the Roman, uh, Roman, uh, they were under the Roman Empire, and the Roman Emperor was was mean. He was mean, and he persecuted Christians. But yet Paul says, "What? Pray for them." And Paul will tell you why he said you should pray. Look at verse three. He says, "This is good." And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Praying for those in authority is good and acceptable in, in the sight of God our Savior. Now, it's very important. I am very particular about ensuring that Christians are properly taught. You know, because one of the responsibilities you have as a child of God is to pray for your boss. Pray for the man who is in authority over you. Not so that he would die and you'll be promoted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have a responsibility to pray for anyone in authority over you. 
as a Christian, it's your God-given responsibility. Then he says, who desires... Now, put those two verses up for me if you can. I, I, I see that you guys are able to combine, combine two verses now. So if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, verse 3 says, fantastic. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And I've told you before, when you are reading the Bible... You must understand that when the Bible was written, it was written as a letter. Uh, especially the epistles were written as letters. So there was no verses. Verses and chapters were put in to help us. For instance, if I were to read now, if I say go to verse 3, it's easy for you to locate it. That's why it was there. Because if you read these two together, you know, without the separation, uh, if you read it with the separation, it says, verse 3 says, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God as Savior. Now, if you read verse 4, it says, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But if you, if you follow that, you see that there's a comma there, which means that this whole block, verse 3 and 4, is actually one, one sentence, right? Say amen. amen. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, your praying for those in authority is not just based on your own selfish aim, it is based on God's desire. And from this verse of scripture, what's the desire of God? That what? How many men needs to be saved? Do you think if God desires something, that should be our desire? Now, honest, don't, don't raise your hand. But how many of you sitting here this morning really desires all men to be saved? But if I say, how many of you desire that some men, some men have to die to show that our God is a living God? You will see hands and feet. <laughs> some people will even borrow extra hand. See, God does not desire that any man should die in his sins. Did you hear what I said? God does not desire that any man should die in his sins. Don't ever have that desire. It's not godly. I don't care how wicked. I don't care how sinful. I don't care how bad. God's desire, what would please God, is that all men be saved. That is what should please a Christian. Uh, but they are sitting on my destiny. God desires that all men be saved. If we make God desire our desires, see, God will grant us the desire of our heart. Have you realized that there are not many things God desires? Have you read scriptures and says God desires? No, there are many things God does not desire. But the one thing God desires, child of God, is that all men be what? Be saved. I want that to sink into our spirits. That that wicked man we see, that commercial sex worker we see, that gambler we see, that drunkard we see, that homosexual we see, God's desire for that one person is that he be saved. Now, the first one is he be saved. And what's the second desire? To come to the knowledge of the truth. So, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, we find God has two desires. The first one is that a man be saved. And what's the second one? Come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, pay attention. It means that a man can be saved and he had not come to the knowledge of what? The truth. 
That's where discipleship and maturity comes in. So that a man is just saved, and I'll talk about this later, that a man is just saved is not enough. We, when we see that men are saved, what would be our second desire for those men? To come to the knowledge of the truth. Which means that, you know why? As we are preparing for the year we are about to enter, make this a goal of yours. That in the year that I'm entering, I will be committed to the salvation of men and the establishment of men in truth. Why? This is God's desire. Can you say amen? amen. Alright. Now, it says, verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself as what? A ransom for what? For all. How many people did God give himself as a ransom for? Do you see why God desires all men to be saved? Because the price for all men has been paid. Negative example. Shouldn't use it, but that's what I feel you will understand a lot more. You understand ransom, right? Do you understand ransom? In this part of our world, you know what ransom is, right? They capture someone and they say, we need... No, they don't. They are not even asking for millions anymore. It's daily bread now. Bring 55,000. I'm just saying. Right? And then, imagine that ransom was paid by the family of the person. They paid the money. They rallied around and paid the money. Then, that person is still not free. How would the family feel? Hey, church, talk to me now. Would they feel very good? Would they feel excited? Would they feel, well, after all, I've paid the price. If the person wants to be free, let him be free. Would they feel that way? That's how God feels when men are not born again. The ransom for man's sin has been paid. And you know what? God cannot preach the gospel. I said, and I use cannot. God cannot preach the gospel. He has ordained that the gospel be preached by what? By men. So it's like God looks at us as a church and says, Hey guys, in Bonnie Island, I pay the ransom for everybody in Bonnie. Including, if we have a chief priest of the city, the chief priest ransom have been paid. It's now left for us to go and present the gospel to them. Remember the first thing he says, prayers prayers. We can pray for the economy of our nation. We can pray for the prosperity of our nation. But how many of us remember to pray for the salvation of those who lead us? Your boss is not born again. You know your boss is not born again. You know your boss abuses all the ladies in the office. That's not your concern. Your concern is that he's a good man because he does not owe you and he he buys bags of rice for you in Christmas. See, you're not yet a matured Christian. A matured Christian will not take material things at the expense of the soul of another believer, another, another person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It becomes a burden in your heart to say, this man, a price has been paid for him. He will know God. He becomes a, you know, a, and, and it starts with that burden to see men saved. Today, we have lost that burden in the church. Sad to say, we have lost it. We've lost the burden for souls. Souls no longer move us. 
The testimonies of souls are not what inspires us any longer. If somebody comes in here and I say, praise the Lord, I just want to thank the Lord, by God's grace, I bought two cars, and even the streets, they say, I will not drive past, I drive past, they say, Jesus, Jesus, God of wonders. You'll be so happy. If someone say, well, as I was coming to church today, I was so glad I was able to, you know, uh, bring two souls to Christ. He said, uh-huh, uh-huh, go on, on. They are waiting. We've lost passion for souls. We can come and testify how many people we killed with our anointing. And it shows I'm very anointed. See, they were trying this church. And I said, they will not leave. As I'm speaking to you now, seven coffins are in the village. Say, Papa, mm, Papa, show them. <laughs> and you didn't even bother to ask, did those people die in their sins? So the proof of our anointing today, in today's Christianity, is how many people we killed because they were testing our anointing. And unfortunately, we've passed these mindsets to the congregation. God's desire is that he loses no one. There are 8 billion people in this world. And God wants every one of them saved. The city of Pathakot is estimated that by 2030 will be 5 million. It's currently, it's currently about 3.5 million right now. You know, statistics. Estimated that by 2030, Pothakot will be 5 million going to 6 million. 5, 5 to 5.5 million. God wants every one of them saved. Hmm? Our population in Boni keeps changing because of the train project. But the hundreds of thousands in this island, God wants everyone saved. Can I tell you something? If you're not about the Great Commission, you're not about God's desire. If you're not about the Great Commission, you're not about God's desire. You, you're, you, you're enjoying God. You're enjoying your Christianity, but you're really not about God's desire. Alright. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Praise God. Are you still here? Are you getting blessed? <laughs> you know... These are, not, these are not jumpy messages, right? But they are the truth. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The truth of God's word. The Lord is not slow about his promise. As some count slowness. But is patient towards you. Look at this. Not wishing for any to perish, but for how many people to come to repentance? Let me have the New Living Translation. Did you see that? God does not desire that any should perish. The Lord isn't really slow. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. How many of you have, I mean, I've I've even said this sometimes. eh? How many of you have looked at some very wicked cases and said, Ah, God is patient. If it is me, I would have killed this person. How many of you have felt that way? Eh? Especially when you look at some terrible sinners. And you know the interesting thing about life? Those sinners seem to do well. Uh-huh, I can feel it. <laughs> eh? You just feel like, mm, God is too patient. He says, see, he's not slow as you think. The reason God is withholding his judgment is that he wants all men to be saved. Remember, if you read this, uh, the context of this scripture, it's talking about Noah, the days of Noah. He says, no, he's been patient for your sake. 
He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone, everyone. God wants everyone to repent. You see, if you are, if you are truly born again, the salvation joy you have, you will want to spread it. Nobody has good news and keeps it to himself. But you know why we keep good news to ourselves today? We want to be the only ones doing well and everybody looking up to us. We want God to bless us. He said, this blessing, it will be loud. It will be loud. Right? Yeah. He go worry the neighbors. That's the kind of blessing we want. Blessing to worry the neighbors. Loud blessing. So we want that thing that we are the only ones that are experiencing favor. Then everybody will be under us. Even when we pastor churches, we only want to be the anointed men of God. Right? So that they bring all the cases to us. And everybody is not anointed. But do you think I can, I can reach the world by myself? No. So next year, you must have a goal to preach the gospel. And a goal to bring men to be saved. To be established in the truth. Say amen. amen. That should be our number one goal. This church must not remain this size by the end of next year. Everybody must go about reaching out to people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Evangelism is not a department in church. Every believer, I don't know what to say. You know what to say. You only don't want to say it. How, how is it that you know about everything? Who, who spoke to your girlfriend for you? See how you want a girl. You use strategy. You use call. You use gift. You use card. You went to find out her birthday. You went to find out when her stepmother was born. You are now a historian. How did you... What gave you the idea that if you find out her birthday... That same way, go and find out how to preach. The same way you are searching for the ways to wow her. You know, and you, you girls, you like pretending. Somebody that you have been going out with brings a car. Will you marry me? Ooh, ooh. You, you, you didn't want to get married before. Just causing uh, social media traffic everywhere. As if it's there, you are surprised. You didn't want to marry before. So, uh, let's leave that. We'll talk, we'll talk about your matter. Let's talk about God's desire. The same way you were asking your friends, eh? the same way you were collecting poems, asking them to edit poems, read this thing, how far? Is it okay? Where you are reading? How you feel? All those energy you put into winning a woman, eh? use it for souls. You are intelligent enough. If you can invite people for burial, you can invite people for birthday, you can invite people for naming ceremony, you can invite people to church. Don't make it look like church only is too spiritual. No. That woman, eh, I have not really attended a Bible school. You don't need to. That woman at the well, when she encountered Jesus, the Bible says she left her water pot and went to the city. She didn't even attend foundation school. Go and share the little you know. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Can you say amen? amen. Alright. So God does not want anyone to perish. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Just, just reminding ourselves of the purpose of the church. We must not lose the purpose of the church. We must not lose the goal of the church. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 to 16. It is a trust word is saying. Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Uh, let, let's read from verse 12. I like this. Paul wrote this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me. 
because he considered me faithful, putting me into his service. Verse 13, look at Paul's CV. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor. Can you, can you look at what, who Paul was before? Number one, he was what? A blasphemer. He blasphemed the faith. Number two, he was what? A persecutor of the faith. Number three, he was what? A violent aggressor. Now, let's be honest. If we saw this today, praise God. If we saw a persecutor today, a violent aggressor today, and a blasphemer today, do you think we would ever pray for this person to be born again? What are we going to pray? Die by what? By what? Yeah, say it. It's not just die. I mean, if it just dies like that, we will not feel it. It has to be with fire. So that he will know that he's playing with God's children. But do you realize, do you realize that God's response to the one that persecuted the church was salvation? In him was two-third of the New Testament. How many people have you killed that had churches in them? Because you just needed an extra car. I've told you this, that the God who needs to kill for you to be promoted is a small God. Change him. Because he prepares a table before us. In what? The presence. And you know what? These things can be difficult. But if we know God's desire for men, the most hardened of men will be more burdened for their salvation. Charles Spurgeon said, what is it in the soul of a man that God wants the soul and Satan also wants the soul? What is it in the soul of a man? What is it in a man's life that Satan wants and God also what? Wants. Look at what it says in verse 14. And the grace. Okay, yeah. Because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. It says, it is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? I didn't hear that. Christ Jesus came into the world to save what? Sinners. Among whom I am what? Foremost of all. He says, I'm number one on that list. He says, but Christ came to save sinners. Verse 16. Yet for this reason, I found mercy. So that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. You know what Paul is saying? Paul says, my life is an example of how patient God can be. You, you, you remember what I read to you in the book of Peter? He says, no, when you think, why is God not punishing all these wicked people? Let God just put. I know, you know, if some of us were God, we would have restarted this word like four times. Say, you are not serious. All of you, die. Say, restart again. Do you, do you understand? You see, but God is not like that. God has a covenant not to destroy the earth. And what does he do? He's patient. He's not just patient because he enjoys the wickedness of people. He's patient so they can come to what? To salvation. We also have to speed up preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. You know, in those days when people got born again, they were, you know, I told you, when I, was, uh, when I went to Rome, you know, <laughs> I met a, I met a, 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 I was looking for, I was trying to find my way, you know, in the city of Rome, you know, and I didn't, you know, I just, I just missed my way, you know, so 
And you know, it's not like where you just ask, my friend, I'm looking for uh, Czech Republic, and then somebody will answer you, because most of them spoke Italian. So I saw this black guy, and he had his reverend father, so I, I just imagined he would be an African. So I reached out to him. Oh, he said he was from Zimbabwe. Interesting. So, you know, he showed me around and everything. So I became friends with him. So we started talking. So I asked him, how come you, 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 you were studying, you know, you came to Rome to study? He said, oh, that his father was, was, you know, came from a very funny family. They were not born again. But a reverend father came into their city in Zambia and started reaching out to them. And he got, you know, born again and became a Roman Catholic. And then he told himself that um, I would ensure that my family is born again. He kept preaching. All his family members now are Catholics. Then he said, I will ensure that my relations are born again. He said, most of his relations are, are, are Catholics now. Then he told himself, why don't I just give myself to the study of this truth so that everybody I know, look at this. He didn't say God called him. He didn't say God called. Are you hearing what? That's where I'm going. He didn't say God called. He just said, I found something my family needs. I will ensure my family gets it. I found something. my really, oh, Why not study further so I can reach more people? That's how he ended up as a, as a priest. And you know what sacrifice that would mean? Not getting married, going to study Latin and Vulgate and philosophy and everything. To dedicate himself for the cause of the gospel. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Alright. It says, yet for this reason I found mercy. So that in me as the foremost, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience. So, in Paul's life, we see the demonstration of God's patience. We see the demonstration of God's patience. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, the Bible says, All have sinned. This truth that you found, how are you communicating it with your family? How are you communicating it with those who are lost? There must be a burden, and I'm praying, even for us as ministers of the gospel, that a burden for souls must return again to the church of, the, of Jesus Christ. That we are not just using ministries to build a big name for ourselves, a great name for ourselves, but we are all about the mission of the church. Going out and reaching the lost world. We can be great preachers, but God wants great soul winners. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24, the Bible says, All have sinned and have come short huh, of the glory of God. And because all sinned, all men are under the bondage of sin, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. First John chapter chapter one. First John chapter one. First John chapter one. Verse nine to ten. It says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Man, that's why I preach, can a morally good man be saved? And I'm going to do something next year because a lot of confusion I come and I don't know how people get all these things messed up. Well, actually, because they took foundation schools out of churches. You know, you hear Christians say, well, um, we and Muslims, we are serving the same God. Even the man who believes is just, we are serving the same God. It's about love. Love, love is not a religion. You let me tell let me make it big and clear to you if you don't get it. Yourself and Muslims are not serving the same God. 
Uh, he's Allah in Hausa. He's God in Christianity. He's Father to all you. You are ignorant. And don't be loud about it. Because we've come to a place where we are very accommodative of other people just to be tolerant and we have forgotten that they have a soul that needs to be saved. We need to get back to foundations again. Because if you see a man who is in sin and you do not warn him of his sin, the Bible says his blood is in your hands. You can have a Christian who all his friends are not born again and he's very comfortable. He said, we just flow. We, ju- we just flow. He says, it's not about church. I even have people in church who are more wicked than my friends. Be justifying your lack of preaching. Are you still here? Can you not be friends with people from other religions? Obviously, you, you can't be friends with them. But what's your goal? Would you be friends with people at the expense of God's desire? Would you want them to go to hell just because you were too comfortable with friendship that you didn't share the gospel with them? If you were not preached to, where would you be? And you know, and you know why we're like this? Because most of us were actually not preached to. We just got, we, you know, your mother dragged you into church, brought you into church like that. So you just assume that Christianity is automatic you know, um, citizenship. They give birth to you in church. So you... <laughs> so some people are actually not born again. They've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, Christianity is easy to know our... our I say, praise the Lord, say hallelujah. I say, amen, amen. Thank you, Master Jesus. You know, so by the time you can flow like that, nobody, nobody will know if you're not born again. Titus 2, 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to how many people? All people. Praise God. The NIV says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. That's what I want you to pick. NIV. Offers, right? Salvation to all people. Go to Psalm 62, verse 7. Psalm 62, verse 7. Psalm 62, verse 7. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my rock and my what? And my refuge. So our salvation depends on God. God is the source of our salvation. But go to verse 2. There was something he said before he got here. Verse 2, please. Psalm 62, verse 2. 67, verse 2. Psalm 67, verse 2. That your way may be known on the earth. And that your salvation among how many nations all nations pay attention to that word all even the third world nation even the 1040 window i'll talk to you about the 1040 window so if i mean this is almost like a map of the world right that if you there's there's something called the 1040 window from here i'll talk about that in the third sunday and if you cross it you discover that most of those 1040 window made up of the arab nations okay those nations need the gospel those nations need the gospel. The 1040 window. High concentration. Right? Turkey, uh, Istanbul, Turkey today is, is, is a Muslim nation. Used to be Ephesus. Used to be a Christian nation. Right? We have nations in Africa that are fully becoming Islamized nations. Difficult to preach the gospel. Senegal, Gabon. Right at our back here, Niger, Republic, you've got the 
highest voodoo festival in Africa takes place there every year. People come from all over the place to shop for shams, just as you go to Dubai to shop for clothes. There's work to be done, child of God. There's work to be done. We can't just sit every year celebrating the goodness of God without a heart to reach out to others. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. So the salvation of God must be among what? All the nations. All the nations. Acts 17 verse 30. Help me with my scriptures quickly so I can meet up with my time. Acts 17 and verse 30. Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. It says, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people were everywhere. Mark that phrase in your Bible if you can. All people everywhere should do what? Should repent. God wants all people in how many places, child of God? Everywhere. Cities, villages, hamlets, islands. God wants people everywhere to repent. Child of God, this is God's desire. We must bring it to the forefront of our lives. Titus 3.4 Titus 3.4 But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared. His love for mankind. God loves people. God loves the people he has created. Right? Remember that song? Um, where are my children teachers? God loves the little children. Right? Huh? Jesus does what? Loves the little children. Yeah? All the children of the world. Yeah? <laughs> Those of you that went to different churches. Yeah. Whether yellow, black, and white, they are what? They are what? Precious in his sight. Praise God. Some of you that didn't go to children's class, you don't have an idea what we just sang. <laughs> go to children's class. You'll be running for biscuits in adult class. It has exposed you now. You can't jump classes. Right? But that's very important. God loves not just the children. God loves the whole of mankind. Whether yellow, black, or white, they are what? Precious in his sight. Can I tell you something? God loves the people you hate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He, those people you don't like, God loves them. Those your haters, God is in love with them. Say, my haters, my haters. God is saying, my lovers, my lovers. God loves your haters. And the, the earlier you change your mind, the better for you. You know one of the reasons why we don't win souls? We actually, we've started raising a world where people see the next human being as a competitor, as an enemy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't even love ourselves as humans anymore. We get into a room and it's competition. Husband and wife, competition. See, husband is telling wife, you don't want to let my light shine. When I married you, my light was shining like this. This, you came into this house, my light has gone down. The woman said, you too, you too, you too. What about if you reduce your light a bit so that your wife's light can come? So that both of you can shine at 50-50? What, what is... You know, this fight about somebody being on top, where did it come from? It's canal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's competition, fights everywhere. So when we see souls, we see opponents. When we see souls, we see, you know, you, can, you, you understand that? You'll be surprised that people will not want the church to grow because they don't want somebody to come and play drums. Not, not my drummers. 
some other church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A newcomer comes, I can play drum. Then they sit on the drum as if they bought it with their own money. Say, I used to, when there was no member in this place, where were you? Where were playing drum? Say, you will not play. And that attitude drives that person away. Instead of the willingness to say, oh, this brother has come. If this is what will make this brother stay in church, I will deem myself so that this brother will be exalted. People coming, coming to the women group, fight will start. We were here when there was nobody. When we were making bonds. Where were you people? And then trouble. And you see that fight. There's no place where we lower our image to say, you know what? I don't care if something goes wrong. But let the church grow. I don't care if things go off. But let the church grow. I don't care if I would lower myself. But let the message of Christ reach the nations of the earth we are not in the church just to be happy we are an army sent into this world to reach a lost and a dying world that must become priority to every pastor to every member to every church when we say we've got an outreach we want to reach out to lost souls that's why people say I don't know what to say how can you be born again for 10 years? You don't know what to say. How did you get born again? How were you raised? What did you learn? Is it not a shame? Can you not tell yourself, if I don't know how to preach, I would walk at it. Child of God, this is the heartbeat of God and it must become important to us. We are not in church just to catch phone. We are not in church just to have double-double of everything. We need to double souls. Come on, somebody. I said we need to do what? Double souls. We need to go out there and reach out. And you see, if we don't make this thing serious, the church of God is almost becoming a place of comedy and jokes and unseriousness and lack of reverence. What we'll not do in banks, we'll do it in church. What we'll not do uh, when a governor is talking, we'll do it when a pastor is preaching. We have forgotten that for the very church of the Lord Jesus Christ, his blood was shed. That God's only son died on the cross, a humiliating death, so we can find salvation. If that is at the front of our heart, you know what? We will let go of our ego and allow the church of Jesus to thrive. You see all these little offenses that makes us to create troubles in churches? If we understood the heart of God, we will... You know what Paul says? He says, I became all things to all men, so that at least I might do what? Save some. He didn't even say all. He says some. I'll become all things to all men, so that I can save what? Some. I want our heart to bleed again with the mandate to reach the nations. So that we're not just excited. Go to Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Revelation 7 9. It says, After these things I looked. After these things I looked. And behold, a great multitude which no one could count. Look at this. I want you to note all this. From every what? Let's say it loud and clear. From what? Every nation. How many? All tribes. How many? 
peoples and what? Tongues were standing. All nations, all people, all tribes and all tongues. This is God's desire. Every single tribe, every single nation, God wants them to be saved. Psalm 22 and verse 27. Our last scripture. Psalm 22. Okay, we'll do two. We've, we've done that. Psalm 22, 27. It says, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship you. All the families. Not one left out. You see, if people are passionate about reaching out, we can't have a small church. That your streets has been given to you to reach out to the lost. That sinner you drive past every day, that's your target. That's your friend. You see, it will lead you to intercession. It will lead you to prayers. Hallelujah. Let me give you the statistics and then we'll close. Global summary. Now, there's what you call people's group, okay? There's what you call people's group. People's group are like ethnic tribes, okay? People's group is like an ethnic group. There are 17,291 ethnic groups around the world. But the unreached people group is 7,253. So, about 41.9% of these tribes are unreached in the world. Current world population is about 8 billion. So the population of people that are unreached in this world is about 3.40 billion people. Unreached. When we mean unreached, listen, when we mean unreached people's group, these are people who have never heard the gospel in their language. You know, some of us don't know how privileged we are to come to church every morning, fellowship like this, read the word of God. Some people have never seen the Bible. Some people have never read the Bible. Some people don't even have the Bible in their language. Yeah? Nigerian population is 223,126,000. Okay? And then the number of people groups in Nigeria is 542. We've got 542 uh, unreached people, um, well, people group, ethnic tribes in Nigeria. Population in Nigeria that is unreached is 68,296,000. That's 30.6% of unreached people's group in this nation haven't heard the gospel. Yeah? When they talk about your village, they only say don't go there because your destiny has been tied and all those nonsense people preach. Have you ever been stirred to take the gospel to your village? Or you think that your responsibility to your village is just to build a house there, a family house, so that when you die, they'll bury you there. You think that's, your, that's everything God has from bringing you from that village? No. I remember our dear brother, one of our dear brothers was preaching, and he says, you know, heard this message, I was blessed. And he says, you know, I, I really want my people to listen to this message. And I, was so, I was so blessed by that desire. And he put us on radio in his state. I want my people to hear this. I, I, I... I love the desire that he wanted his people to hear the truth. What are you doing for your village? Contributing money to, to build road. Contributing money for light. Contribute money to buy cow. 
Hmm? Have you ever thought, I have influence in my village. I can gather my village people together for a certain period and pastor, come and teach there. Has that ever crossed your mind? Now we are all scared of the villages. And can I tell you something? Some of these false prophets are not afraid of villages. Go to villages. All the money you are sending to your mother, one young man. All those money you think your mother is always... And you know your mother is not... Hmm? You know your mother is not... Is, is, your mother knows how to save money. You are wondering what are you doing with your money. Your mother is giving... <laughs> your mother is giving your money to one prophet to keep your destiny. Say, don't pray for my son. No, he say, mama, bring. How much did they say? He say, they bring 20. Let's do work. They want to kill him. The gospel you refuse to teach her and the message you refuse to take to that village, you are paying for it. Subscription. I know what you Your mother will just cry, ah, now that I've raised you, that God has raised you to help her. Is it 50,000 that is your problem? Transfer. Prophet say, has he landed? Say, yes, say, bring 45. Yeah, I'm telling you, a lot of those money you are sending home, they are servicing prophets because they've discovered that if they come to the city, some people have now known their tricks. So they go to the village and subscribe. Third party subscription. So you are invariably servicing those people. Because of course, if they threaten your mother that something will happen to you, what do you think the old woman will do? Who pay? Saints, every village needs the gospel. Every city needs the gospel. Every people need the gospel. So throughout this month, we'll investigate this, that God wants all men to be saved. I want you to go to bed thinking about it. I want you to go into next year doing what? Thinking about it. Alright? And this is not just about having so many churches around the place. Because we've got churches where people are not getting matured. Unfortunately, some churches have also become mission field that needs to be reached with the truth so that people will get established. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Lord Jesus Christ, we repent of our attitude towards the salvation of men. We repent, Lord, of our attitude towards reaching the lost and the unsaved. And Lord, as we study and as we prepare for the year ahead, we ask that you give us a consciousness. Give us a consciousness of spreading the gospel. And I'm asking Lord Jesus that you would help us. You would give us that passion for the unsaved. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.